And let us take our copies of God's Holy Word and open to the 16th chapter of Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 16. Now on Sunday evenings we have been dwelling on the book of Romans together, and uh, as we turned to chapter 3 verse 21, we found the hinge of the entire book of Romans and especially have focused on verse 25, in which there is this emphasis upon the propitiatory sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Now, I can look out and see that a few of you have missed all three of the sermons on those verses because of things that have been happening in the summer. And so I would encourage you to go back and catch them because they are key, central to understanding the book of Romans. At least catch the last of the three sermons on those verses, chapter 3, um, 21, and especially verse 25. But the backdrop to the text we had this morning, and also in large measure to the third chapter of Romans 21 and following, is this chapter. And so we're going to focus on this briefly this evening. Leviticus 16. It's a lengthy chapter, and I'm going to recount the chapter to you. We're not going to read every verse on this Sunday evening. But uh, may the Lord bless the reading and the proclamation of His Word as we read Leviticus 16, beginning at verse 20 through verse 22. This is the Word of God. And when He has made an end of atoning for the holy place and the tent of meeting and the altar, He shall present the live goat. And Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the iniquities of the people of Israel and all their transgressions, all their sins. And He shall put them on the head of the goat and send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a man who is in readiness." The goat shall bear all their iniquities on itself to a remote area, and he shall let the goat go free in the wilderness. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, No one comes to the Father but by me. The Scriptures teach us that no one can come to the Father but by blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. There is no fellowship with God unless our sin is dealt with, And that is what the atonement of Jesus Christ is all about. Atonement must be made for the soul. And so as we come to Leviticus chapter 16, we find the high priest every year, once per year, making atonement for the sins of the people of Israel. Now, of course, it was a type. It was a symbolic forecast of the gospel of Jesus Christ showing that blood opens the way into the presence of God, showing the necessity of a far greater sacrifice, a once-for-all and perfect sacrifice for sin that would come in the person of Jesus Christ. So once per year, the high priest drew back, back the veil to the Holy of Holies and entered where there was the Ark of the Covenant containing the law. We sinners broke in order to make atonement and point ahead to Jesus Christ who would satisfy for that broken law. And the first thing I want you to note as we look at this chapter together is the high priest entered. The high priest entered. He entered divested of his glory. 
He put off the robes of His glory and the robes of His beauty. We read in Philippians 2 that Jesus came in servant form, that He took upon Himself the form of a servant. He took upon Himself manhood. God, the second person of the Trinity, was incarnate. And there on the cross, He bore a crown of thorns. He was mocked in a purple robe. He was naked in His body on the cross. He divested Himself of His glory. And it is faintly indicated in the high priest who enters into the most holy place. But not only did He enter divested of glory, but He entered spotlessly. He put on the holy linen, having taken off the robes of glory and beauty. The holy linen garment, spotlessly white, in order to foreshadow again that we need a spotless sacrifice. Now, this high priest was a sinful human being, and a sinful priest's sins also, as we will see, were atoned for. But as he put upon himself these garments... He pointed to the truth and reality that only a spotless high priest could ever ensure acceptance with God. So that as we read in 2 Corinthians 5.21, He hath made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. The high priest entered divested of glory. He entered spotlessly, but he also entered alone. No one entered with him. We read in verse 17, No one may be in the tent of meeting from the time he enters to make atonement in the holy place until he comes out and has made atonement for himself and for his house and for all the assembly of Israel. All of the offices of the day were done by him. Christ only can be mediator. He only could tread the winepress of the wrath of Almighty God, and he did it alone. The high priest enters alone to make atonement because it prefigures the Christ who bears the wrath of God and makes atonement alone. No other could atone for sin. And he enters also laboriously. The work that happens on this day is truly a load. Sacrifices, blood sprinkling, it almost seemed too much for one man to accomplish How great Christ's work for us, that access into God's presence through this great high priest, this work that was accomplished, is sheer grace to us. For him, it was work of the deepest kind, of the hardest kind, that the Son of God would bear the wrath of God in our place. His work for us is sheer grace. And the high priest entered annually, once per year. The lambs perpetually offered reminded them that they always needed a sacrifice. Once per year pointed to the fact that Christ did once for all sacrifice Himself. He died once, the just for the unjust, in order to bring us to God. And so in all these ways and more, the high priest points ahead to the one who would enter for us in our place as our sacrifice for sin. But then secondly, as we look at this chapter, note that the high priest needed a sin offering. Now I've mentioned that, but let's look at it a little more before moving on. That the high priest who entered into the most holy place 
needed a sin offering. His first offering was for himself. And the text tells us that he slays the sin offering. He fills the bowl with blood. He takes coals from the altar, sprinkles incense, putting a veil between himself and the glory of God, a veil of incense, as well as showing the sacrifice was accepted. And he enters the most holy place and sprinkles the blood on the mercy seat, showing as old old Bonner says, the law is magnified, Jehovah is glorified, the sinner justified. In this, the high priest of ancient Israel was unlike Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ offered no sacrifice for himself. Our Savior was the spotless sacrifice, the Lamb of God, no sin needing removal. And what does this teach us? That only one was good enough to pay the price of sin. And that one was Jesus Christ, God's only Son. And so we see the high priest needed a sin offering. But then thirdly, as we look at chapter 16 of Leviticus, will you note that the sin offering is a sin offering for the people. We read in verses 15 and 16 uh, these wonderful words. Then he shall kill the goat of the sin offering that is for the people and bring its blood inside the veil and do with its blood as he did with the blood of the bull, sprinkling it over the mercy seat and in front of the mercy seat. And he shall make atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanness of the people of Israel and because of their transgressions, all their sins. And so he shall do for the tent of meeting which dwells with them in the midst of their uncleanness. And so the high priest took two young goats, two goats, one offering, two goats but one offering. One shows the means of atonement, the other showing the effect of the atonement. So do you understand? There were two goats constituting one offering, one goat showing the necessity of sacrifice, the other will show the result of the sacrifice, and they were presented together. The Lord determined by lot which would be slain. The sacrifice was presented at the doorway of the tabernacle. The entrance is through God's provision. We only enter through His provision. And about that offering, we learn that the offering was unblemished because it must represent Christ who is without spot and blemish, that it was slaughtered. Now, as you read these texts, you should remember this indeed is a dreadful scene. Uh, There is agony, and there is blood, and you are intended to see your Savior, His sweat, His blood, His cross. You are intended, as you read this text, as post-resurrection readers of Leviticus 16, to know and to dwell upon the fact that it pleased the Lord to crush him, putting him to grief. That he was slaughtered. That our sin deserved that it be slaughtered. The sacrifice be slaughtered as he bore our sins in his own body on the tree. The sacrifice was slaughtered, and the blood was sprinkled within the veil, taken within the veil, sprinkled on the mercy seat seven times before the Lord, the text tells us, 
providing the perfect standing of God's people. The most holy place was filled with the cry of blood. The blood cries out for the guilty. The Lord dwelling between the cherubim bends down to listen. That's the the mercy seat. The great cherubim with their wings bending over the mercy seat, representing the throne of God as he looks down and as the angelic beings look down. And as God looks down, does he see the sin of the people? No, thank God. But he sees forgiveness. He sees blood. He sees satisfaction. He sees that atonement has been made. That's the wonder of it all. Pointing to the truth and reality that when God looks upon us from His throne, it is a throne of grace and not of judgment, that He has removed once for all through the sacrifice of His Son our sins that would cast us into hell forever. And so God and the cherubim do not look down upon broken commandments, but upon the sacrifice of blood. And so there is atonement through blood. Now, sin is everywhere. In Adam's fall, we sin it all. And sin is everywhere. It's in the race. It's in the mind. It's in the heart. It's in the deeds. To what then does this point, this Leviticus 16? Hebrews 9:12. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption the text we saw this morning. Robert Murray McShane says, Sinners were sinking beneath the red-hot flames of hell. He plunged in and swam through the awful surge and gathered his own into his bosom. The sword of justice was bare and glittering, ready to destroy us. He opened his bosom and let the stroke fall on him. We were set up as a mark for God's arrows of vengeance. Jesus came between and they pierced him through and through. Every arrow that should have pierced our souls struck fast in Jesus. And so this picture is also Christ's heavenly priestly work. Having once for all sacrificed himself for our sins, Jesus ascended on high And your priest has taken his blood into the veil. And there, now, I mean now, right now, there, now, your heavenly high priest's merit cries out in effectual grace. That sinner for whom I gave my life will not die. See him as righteous as I am righteous through my shed blood. But then... Fourthly, will you also see the effects of the atonement. The effects of the atonement begin by this emphasis on imputation. The imputation. We read in verse 21, Aaron shall lay both hands on the head of the live goat. Now here's Aaron. He's laying his hands on the head. Remember, there was one offering one portion sacrifice, the other representing the effects. So he lays his hands on the head of the live goat and confesses over it all the iniquities of the people of Israel and all their transgressions, all their sins, and he shall put on the head of the goat. He shall put them on the head of the goat and send it away into the wilderness. 
And so Aaron laid his hands on the goat as a symbolic transfer. My crimes transferred. He made my curse. My sins transferred to Christ. He made my curse. And the result, going on to read in verse 21, He shall put them on the head of the goat and send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a man who is in readiness. The goat shall bear all their iniquities on itself to a remote area, and he shall let the goat go free in the wilderness. And so this goat, the sin of the people transferred onto its head, is taken into the wilderness. And there it is seen by this last servant of Israel. There it is seen wandering away and away and away out of sight. Out of sight. Complete atonement has been made. Complete removal of sin. So that when we read in the scriptures a passage such as Psalm 103, 10 and following, He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His steadfast love toward those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does He remove our transgressions from us. There... Our sins have been placed on the Lord Jesus Christ, and He has taken our sin, to use the words of old Patrick Fairburn, He has taken our sin into everlasting oblivion. There is no record of my sin in God's court any longer. Judicially, no sin is found, because there has been this great exchange. My sin upon Christ His righteousness, His perfect record upon me, received by faith alone. The finality of it, verse 23, Then Aaron shall come into the tent of meeting, and shall take off the linen garments that he put on when he went into the holy place, and shall leave them there. Aaron then put off the linen garments, left them there. Why? Because the sin offering has been sacrificed or to use the New Testament language, it is finished. As one old divine put it, he did death done. Completed, efficient, final atonement. Actually accomplishing its purpose. Now see the high priest in his glorious garments. Atonement having been made. Now let me bring this meditation upon this chapter to completion. This morning we came to the table of the Lord. And we celebrated together what Christ did for us and remembered him. And fellowshiped with him in the table. We came as... Sinners who trust in Christ, we came completely justified. In verse 21, Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the iniquities of the people of Israel and all their transgressions, all their sins, 
You cannot miss the stress upon all. And so we sing, my sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin not in part, but the whole is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh my soul. Complete justification, not partial justification, not mostly justified. All of my sin has been paid for through Jesus' blood. That's the gospel. And we came gratefully. In, Rome, in Revelation 1.5, Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. You see, the writer cannot help but break into praise as he considers that we have been loved and washed from our sins in the blood of Jesus Christ. All glory to the Lamb because of His sacrifice, His blood, His wounds, His cross. And as we come toward the end of this chapter, we read in verses 29 and following, And it shall be a statute to you forever in the seventh month. On the tenth day of the month you shall afflict yourselves and shall do no work, either the native or the stranger who sojourns among you. For on this day shall atonement be made for you to cleanse you. You shall be clean before the Lord from all your sins. It is a Sabbath of solemn rest to you, and you shall afflict yourselves. It is a statute forever. Emphasizing, atonement is something done for us, not something that we ourselves do. There is no work on our part for justification. So it's not, see what I have done. See what I have accomplished. It's see what he has done. See what he has accomplished when he shed his blood for me. Because, people of God, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. And so he finished all the types. He completed all the shadows of the ceremonial law. All of this was finished. And he finished all that God had promised through these types and shadows of the Old Testament. And death and hell no more shall awe. It is finished, it is finished, it is finished. Saints, from hence your comfort draw. Saints, from hence your comfort draw. And God's people said, Amen.